I'm Noel Holzman, and this is Open Concept from Yahoo Finance. Today, I speak with TribalScale CEO Sheetal Jaitley about what it takes to make big corporations more innovative, why interviews are a terrible way to know if you're making a good hire, and why business leaders need to open up about their own mental health issues. We like to look at ourselves as people who are going to write the future. We see a lot of innovation labs popping up and a lot of money being spent, except there's very little output that's coming out. And so we like to look at ourselves as the ones who are going to power the innovation labs of the, of the future. My name is Sheetal Jaitley. I'm the CEO of TribalScale. Um, started the company three years ago. TribalScale calls itself a global innovation company. They partner with businesses to help them develop new software or help them change from within to become more innovative. We do project services and web, mobile, and emerging technologies. So emerging technologies could be voice, um, connected environments, wearables, but we're, we're software developers who do it in an agile way. Um, the second thing we do is we transform organizations to work like software companies. And a lot of time you'll hear CEOs come on, go, go to their earnings report and talk to their shareholders and say, we're a software company that happens to sell cars. We're a software company that happens to issue bank accounts. We're a software company that happens to provide insurance. Well, we know these large enterprises aren't, and there's a lot of startups that are actually going after them, and they want to reinvent themselves to become software companies. So tribal skill actually not only helps transform organizations, but we work on the projects that they have currently ongoing. And through pair programming, we end up transforming their organization, and we built a very robust transformation practice. The third thing we do is we work with corporates to introduce them to startups. We find out what their biggest problems are, and we'll go and find early-stage entrepreneurs that are solving those problems, or if nobody's solving it, we'll build it from the ground up in conjunction with the corporate. And that's through our Venture Studios model. The idea for Tribal Scale came to Sheetal when he was a high-ranking sales rep at Pivotal Software. He ended up there after Pivotal acquired the Toronto app development company Extreme Labs, where Sheetal had been running business development. His new gig, Paidwell, involved major global clients, and the perks were cushy, but one day he had a realization. Come out of Union Station, it's a beautiful summer day, birds are chirping, everybody's rushing, bustling, it's the city of Toronto, amazing. You go to your office, you go to this high, awesome floor, you got clear views of the lake, the CN Tower, everything. They're serving breakfast in the morning. All your friends are there because I work with all my friends at Extreme and Pivotal. Literally all my friends are there. I get my plate of food, I go to my desk, I sit down and I go, what the F am I doing here? I hate every second of it. I can't stand it. I got to get out of there. And why? Because I was being, and, and no fault to Pivotal at all. They taught me so much and they're amazing. But I was being told to be like this territory sales rep and that's not me. I'm now a thought leader. I built this amazing network around the world where CEOs, chief digital officers, even CEOs or uh, CIOs are calling me into their offices saying, Hey, Sheetal, come into us. Present to us what the media landscapes, what's happening in the media landscape. And this whole network will fizzle away if I just like go and sell this product and this patch that I got. And, and I also saw a huge need for organizations to transform. I saw these large organizations are struggling to actually transform themselves. You know, and I said, hey, let me go and pull a bunch of assets together who are going to believe in this vision. And I had five amazing people who bought into the vision, quit their very lucrative jobs, 
never took a paycheck for a long time. Actually wrote me a check so we could start the company because we're bootstrapped. Um, and off we did. We went. We started Tribal Scale. What was the first sort of the, the big breakthrough? Was it the first big signing of a client? Yeah, so, and, and tell us about that, how, how you did that. Yeah, so uh, we started the company and we never had office space. So our accountant had some free desks in front of his, his office and he was like, sit here. And so we're sitting there and we're playing startup. We're like, oh, well, we all got Max. I'm like, let's play startup. And you see this in every Starbucks. But like we're, we were actually doing it in our accountant's office. And so I'm like, okay, I'm the biz dev guy. I'm supposed to be like the biz dev person of, of this core group we got. I'm going to go and start cold calling. And I went to my warm leads, obviously, and I got a bite. And it was, it was um, ABC. It was Disney. And they were like, come to our offices here in, in Manhattan. And so I jump on a plane and I get there and... For one of the very few times in my life, in most recent days, I was nervous. I was my hands were clammy. I was like, well, it was it was ABC. Well, you know, I was I wasn't nervous walking into Viacom or Bloomberg or whatever before. Like a month, two months ago, okay. I went in and like commanded the room because I built that reputation of I, it was beneficial to them that I walked in. And so, but I didn't have even worked with ABC. I've worked with Disney before, and I know these people. And I'm sitting in their, I'm sitting in their reception area, and I'm clam, my hands are clammy, and they pull me into this large boardroom, as you can imagine, Disney has, and all these decision makers around the table. And I go and sit down and open up my laptop, and sure, nothing's working. I can't get the projector going. I'm, I'm sweating profusely. And then I start presenting, and I start telling the vision, and I hit my groove, and I'm like, I'm going into fifth gear. I'm like, I got this. I'm seeing heads nod. And Doug, who's the decision maker across the table with my good friend Peter, who's sitting across the table, they're like, can you close the laptop and sit down? And now I'm thinking in my head, oh, God, like, Josh, Mitch, oh, my God, he's back in Toronto. I'm like, I blew it. They're waiting for, like, a phone call as soon as I walk out of this meeting. I just blew it. And they look at me and they go, Sheetal, when you were at Pivotal and it was in your best interest to sell us more products, you actually told us, hey, we have an amazing offering here, but I don't think you're ready yet. Here's the steps you need to take to be ready to like really power the pivotal offering. And they're like, at that moment, we trusted you so much. We would have bought anything from you. We would have just signed because Sheetal said so because we trust you. But you said, hey, I don't think you're ready yet. Here's the things you need to do. And we realized that day that we were more important than the money that goes in your pocket. And so... Your vision is sound. Is your team the right team? And I go, absolutely. We'll crush it for you. And they're like, here's the deal. And that's how we started the company. Uh, the, we, we walked out with this amazing deal from Disney, and our first client was Disney, and we started the organization. Um, based and what did that. you do? What did you do for Disney? So for, for ABC News, I'm very proud to say we still, we work on, we build their iOS and mobile oh, and, yeah. and Android apps. Um, they've been a referenceable customer, and they've been very happy, and we've been pushing the limits on not even pushing the limits. We've been doing such creative, innovative things on how you should consume news. Um, it, it, it's awesome. And they're they're really open to it. And we do everything. We help them from everything from strategy, design, development, um, even in getting into the realm of AI. If we could pivot a, a little bit to, to your story. Sure. I understand out of high school, you were working for Palm Pilot or was that a yeah, university? Yeah. So I worked for a company in Markham called Keating Technologies. And uh, I'm going to date myself. I graduated early um, doing OACs. And 
my being, being, being from an Indian family, they were going to not let me just go enjoy my time off. They were like, you're getting a job. And so I went down the street in Markham and started working for this company called Keating Technologies, an amazing organization that represented U.S. computer companies here in Canada. And so I started in the logistics department, and I was in charge of doing warranty replacements for the Palm Pilot 1000. <laughs> uh, my handwriting still sucks, but I could write really well in graffiti for anybody who's my age or older. Of course, because that's, what, that's what you needed to do. With... That's what you had to do. You had to write in graffiti in this like cool little touchscreen box, right? It was it, honestly they were so ahead of their time. I mean, you look at mobile today, and you look what Palm did like back then. Um, they were so ahead of their time. Well, that's interesting, and I, and I wanted to sort of drill down a little further on that because on one hand you could look at Palm as being um, a, a dumb phone in, in so much that there wasn't it wasn't even a phone then no right? no because of course it wasn't to your no, computer which it, had contacts in it yeah there was no connectivity yeah. in, in that regard and yet at the same time and this dates me I recall it being very much the, the cool gadget right and absolutely that one of my favorite shirts, actually, from Keating, and I still wear it. On the back, it says, I sink, therefore I am. <laughs> like, no one's going to get this joke who's, like, younger than me. But like, it was, it, that was the thing. You had to sync it up. And, it was, and, and every, all, your, all your communication and all your data was, was stored. When you, were, when you were working there, obviously you weren't in a, in a product development uh, capacity. You were doing logistics. But when you were... By so logistics, like the warranty... Palm Pilot would come in, I would open up this like FedEx box and rip my hands and then be like, oh yeah, this is a legitimate warranty, put it in the system and then get a refurb, okay. put it in another box and build a box and put packing peanuts in and ship it back out. It was the most amazing job I ever had. But you know what, my, it brought my curiosity into the tech space and it taught me so much because right, when I started there, we were probably like 35 people. Um, and in the late 90s, we grew to like 300. And it showed me like what the realm of tech is. And then it also showed me what the tech, how tech could burst also. After uh, Palm Pilot, which I, I know you didn't work directly with them, then I understand you were selling photocopy. Yes. Sort of door. That is the craziest, that is the craziest thing. Or, or maybe, maybe, I'll I don't know. I'll give you a cool story about the photocopy. <laughs> you have to tell me about yeah, this. Yeah, so um, one of my mentors was, uh, he... He sat me down, and I was. I, I talk about a separate side note. I talk about mental illness all the time, and you know, I was in a depression. Like the tech bubble burst, I thought I was king of the world. Um, found out really quickly my parents aren't stupid, and uh, they actually worked hard to where they are. And I wasn't the smartest person, but a mentor of mine um, sat me down and said, "Hey, dude, you got a real knack for sales, and you've you've done this, and I, I've seen you in your all all aspects of your life." why don't you go get your MBA in sales and go in the photocopy industry? If you could sell a box that prints paper better than someone else who could sell a box that prints paper, that mean, that's meaningful. And so the funny story on that is I, uh, I go get all this amazing sales training and I'm in this sales pit with a bunch of hardcore sales people, like guys and girls, just like total alphas all across the, the floor. And they're like, yeah, 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 go, go cold call this building, go call this building. And I was like, sure, like I could do this. And so I come out at Young and Bloor, and I, I go to the building that they're telling me to go to, and I look up, and it says Xerox on the top of the building. I sell Ricoh photocopiers. Nine out of ten salespeople at that moment would turn around and run away. I was like, Annie up. I was told to cold call this building. Let's go do it. I hit the top floor. I went up. It wasn't even Xerox. It was a law firm. Started selling. <laughs> and I actually sold photocopiers in the building that said Xerox on the roof. And... Uh, <laughs> 
is is there is there like a, a, a particular way of selling photocopiers? Is there is there? I think I think sales is sales. Look, okay. I, um, one, one, one thing one thing I always say is never do a business deal. Never a sale is not a sale if it's not mutually be, if it's not beneficial to the person across the table. I've never sold anything where I wouldn't sign on the other side. So when I see the no soliciting sign on the door and like cold calling is not picking up the phone and calling in, in the photocopy world. It's, going into offices and barging in and being like, hey, who's in charge of your printing <laughs> solutions? Yeah. Um, I actually saw no soliciting on the door and I still get like, you know, butterflies in my stomach and you get yeah. nervous going into a door where there, and people would be like, excuse me, it says no soliciting, what are you doing in here? But very quickly I would turn that around being like, hey, I know that's what it says, but I'm actually here to show you cost savings, bring you better solutions, so on and so forth. I would never do a deal unless I would sign on the other side. So I'm actually doing you a favor by walking in the door. And that's the mentality like you gotta have as a salesperson. If you're selling something that you don't believe in, then you gotta change your job. How has it informed your your hiring? As you, as you say, you, you got your MBA in photocopying sales. When, <laughs> when you're looking at, uh, significant hires like has it has it changed your your perspective of the skill sets that you're looking for the experiences you're looking for i i look for two things in people um you know i i don't one of the things actually i don't look for is the university education you have that's not something that i look for the thing i look for is are you smart and are you hungry you could be somebody very junior or you could be somebody very senior but you got to have smart and hunger um how do you evaluate how do you evaluate both? So I think I think there, there's people who work very hard at times, but they're not working smart. Like you, we see this all the time. Go spend your time on a bunch of activities that aren't important. I've been called out for it. I actually had an investor um, look at me uh, and say, I'm not an investor in tribal skill, but a, a prominent VC say, hey, I want to do an exercise with you. Show me your calendar. And it's an embarrassing moment when you actually be like, yeah, I preached to everybody, let's be smart and hungry. And then they look at your calendar and they're like, what is all these meetings you're doing? And how is this related to your bottom line right now? And you're like, oh, wow. So I evaluate smart and hungry just, just by having, A, being very smart by how you use your time. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. And hungry being, hey, do you believe in the vision? And are you really going to go and execute it? If we're saying we're going to be an innovation firm, we're going to write the future. Writing the future is a very bold statement. Right, like you're gonna go into the future and make it correct. You gotta be very hungry to do that, and so you gotta go and actually go out and be that hungry that you're gonna be the one that other competitors should be scared of. And that, I guess, also goes back to the photocopier sales thing. Like, very competitive in nature, right? So you gotta be very smart and very hungry, and when you put those two together, that's magic. Do you think that that's usually evident when you're? When you're talking to people, the no. hunger and smarts, like how do no, you? No, no. I tell you how we do it. We hire fast, fire faster. Okay. I'm not even afraid to say that. Yeah. Get in the door, and uh, you know Farhan Thauer, our VP of Engineering from Extreme Labs, who has a very successful startup now called Helpful. He says it best. He goes, "Interviews are a horrible indication of what you're actually going to do on the job." Like I've gone through interview processes where I've had to go through 16 interviews for a job before. Yeah. I hated the job like six months later. Like it's a horrible indication of what people are actually going to do on the job. So why don't we actually get people in and say, hey, here's your 30, 60, 90 goals and let's review them 30, 60, 90 and make sure you're going to hit them. If not, it's mutually, again, it's, it's a mutual decision. This is not working for you. It's not working for us.
And so let's part ways. Um, so it's not a, it's not a bad mentality. The other thing also is, um, again, Farhan said it best. He's like, if you want to motivate your team, go back to your office right now and fire somebody who's crap. He says it in a more blunt way. Um, <laughs> more blunt than that. More <laughs> way more blunt than that. Um, but it's true. I mean, working at Extreme Labs was so awesome where I could look to my left and look to my right and be like, you deserve to be here because this place would fire you if you didn't. And yeah. so you are the best of the best. Coming up after the break, taking the culture of Tribal Scale Global and why it's important for Sheetal to be candid about his own struggles with depression. How do you scale culture? Because clearly so much of what you prioritize, whether it's intelligence and savvy and do this but don't do that, which is really, I think, fairly easy to implement so when not, you got. It's not, it's not don't do this and don't I, do that. Sorry. No. I want what I want to say is go do everything, and if you got to go learn your scar, then fail fast. Sure. That's fine. You're allowed. We every morning at stand up, we do a whole company wide stand up. We have a whole section of fail fast. Who effed up yesterday, and what'd you do? Say it openly in front of everybody, so everybody else learns. We do like that's being smart. Go and learn from somebody else's mistakes or go F up yourself. Go try new other things. Go into a realm that nobody's ever gone into and then come back and teach us about it. But I can see that. I mean, it's great. I can see that working with 15, 20 people. But now, as I say, you've got six offices. Yeah, seven uh, actually. Seven. Yeah. So you're, you're literally global and you've got, you know, uh, 300 plus employees how do you not yet Sue. oh how <laughs> well, do you... maybe by the end of this podcast we might <laughs> how do you how do you scale that that the culture piece so that it that everyone's on the same page in dubai as in as in toronto as in new york and... so that's super hard this is a great question because it's so hard to do um but you what we do is when we start an office we instill we take people from our tribe and we put them there first. So we'll, we'll take people from Toronto and put them in Dubai, or we'll take people from Orange County and put them in Boston and vice versa. Um, and so we'll start that way. And we, I think our leadership team is so instilled with what it means to be a member of the tribe that we also go out and we, we start like talking and we do ask me anything or town halls or we'll do, I was just in Dubai last week and I was sitting with the team and talking to them about what problems are you facing? Here's, here's how I look at solving them and let's have healthy debate. It's okay to have that. And when you start this culture of openness, that, that ends up happening. The other thing is um, our standups are we start with, hey, what's happening in the news every morning? Then we go to fail fast, who effed up yesterday and, and, and what happened? Then we go to kudos. Let's give props to people who've gone above and beyond because if you're smart and hungry, there's a lot of people who do that. And then any announcements. Hey, you know what? We got Yahoo coming in the office today or whatever. And then we take that information and we send that as a company-wide email. So every office, I'll get seven emails from every office every morning. And that's really cool because I see what's happening in every office and you get to see what other offices are doing. And that really starts establishing your culture. One of the things that I, I'll be very candid, I find extremely impressive is that you, you have been candid about some depression and and, yeah. uh, and yet so much of how you present is about confidence and, and charisma and strength and uh, energy. Sure. And how, how do you kind of, how do you reconcile those? I don't, I don't put the two in the same bucket. Okay. You could be depressed, but you can still be confident. 
I know tribal skill is the best innovation firm in the world. That doesn't mean there's mornings I don't want to get out of bed because I just don't know what's going on in my brain. And you can't, you don't have to equate the two together. I'm very confident on, in everything we're doing. However, um, I think, I think, you know, especially for founders, it's, you got to be crazy to do what we do, right? Like, let's quit our lucrative jobs. Let's throw away our pre-IPO stuff. Well, pivotal IPO, and I threw away pre-IPO stock. Like, yeah. let's go bet everything we got on ourselves, work day and night for no paycheck. There's a little bit of crazy to that. Um, and I think we're just wired a different way. And when you deal with depression, it's it's really having the right people around you who you could talk to. Um, I have my ups and downs like anybody. I I never used to be moody and I have mood swings now. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll snap at something stupid and I'll be so happy when I shouldn't be sad. And I, I and it's something that you got to cope with and deal with. And it has nothing to do with confidence. So it's, it's just, it's you trying to figure out yourself from within. And, and there's various ways of doing that. Well, we know that mental health issues are absolutely pervasive. We've just concluded a whole series on anxiety here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know if I know somebody who, who isn't impacted by anxiety and, and, and issues sure. around personal happiness, um, whatever level. But yet, there's been a real dearth of at least Canadian business leaders talking about it, right? What, what was the stimulus for you to say, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this? Well, I think one of our core company values is transparency. And so I think it's important for everybody to know the journey that I went on. Not because it's the best journey. It's learn from my mistakes and learn from what I went through. I think the other thing is there's not levels to depression or mental health. Like, I've had points in my life where if I go compare myself to somebody else who's sad about something or feels, has anxiety about something, I'd be like, you crazy? Like, that's nothing. Right? I was two days away from going bankrupt at tribal school and putting everybody out on their ass. Like, you know? But that there's no what what people are going through is relative to themselves and you know i think that's why i say you got to look from within on how it goes i also think it's it's super important um to talk about these things because i've seen very successful people um do stupid things and you know take away their own lives or and you wonder why you know like robin williams anthony bourdain like look at these these funny awesome people like who didn't want to be anthony bourdain yeah right and these are awesome people. He feels like your best friend. You watched watched him on Sunday night and was like, I just went to Thailand with him. I've never been to Thailand, but I feel like I went with him. <laughs> right? And you're like, and he took his life. Like, that. it's super important um, just out of humanity to look at the people around you and be like, whatever you're going through, it's okay. We all go through stuff. How could we be open about it? How do we help you get through this? And, you know, we've we've had, we have programs at Tribal Scale where, you have a safe place to go and speak if with with HR. If you don't want to speak to HR, we have uh, a platform we're using. I'll plug them called Inkblot, and you go go there and get a therapist online. And then there's been there's then we also have an EAP program and and things like that. But then there's been people who like have just come to us and said, you know, hey, here's what's going wrong, and like I've tried to use these these tools you have, and they're still not enough. And we're like, that's fine. Like, don't worry about cost or balance sheet at that moment. What's right for that person? If you're going to take care of your tribe, take care of your tribe. And we've, we've had you know more than, more than five people like actually reach out. And I'm glad that we made an open space for them to go do that, so we could get them the help they need. So I'm very open about it. I talk about it. People look at me and say, "Congratulations, this, that, you're successful." At the same time, I also want to be like, "Hey, that has nothing to do with like what what goes on internally." I'd like to get sort of your advice that you would give to others 
certainly tribal scale is is a role model for 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 many uh if people are seeking to do what you've done what would be the 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 two pieces of advice either do this this is the best piece of advice or, or this is the, the yeah i thing. think if you were your competition what would you do to kick your ass go do that yeah right like the competitive nature in me comes right back it's like if you were going to be someone if you were going to be your competitor what's the one thing you would do to to beat you go go do that go 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 do that thing and then solve for whatever that problem, whatever that gap is for you too. And so, if you do, if you do those couple of things, I think you, I think you you'll be very successful. The other the other thing I'll say to that is when you work in an organization, treat it like it's your own. Spend every dollar like it's your own. Sit at every desk and be like, every minute I'm here is because this is where I want to be and this is what I want to do. And if you go do that, you'll be so successful in your career. I mean, I watch the people who excel at travel school, the people who truly have empowered themselves to be the ones who are going to be the ones that are going to write the future, right? And those are the, those are, those are, those are the people who are becoming very successful. And, and just the last thing, uh, in terms of writing the future, 2019, we're a few months away still, but what are the things that you're most looking forward to, for, either on a personal level or on, on f- for the company? I'll tell you, I, I love what's happening in Toronto, and I'm going to change the skyline. It's a very bold statement. I'm going to change the this, this, this city skyline. I want to go to the top firms in the world and say hey let's build your innovation lab in toronto not because i'm in toronto because here's all the amazing things that are happening in toronto let me show you how to do it in a crawl walk run approach with capital efficiency don't go waste 400 500 million dollars and have nothing to show for it let me show you how we can execute your projects transform your team build startups together and do that all here in this city. And I'm going to bring all levels of government with me. This is not something I could do on my own. And at, at what point will you know if you're successful at that? Like, can we check in on March? In March? Or? Do you know what? When, if you don't see me in a hard hat, like breaking ground, I'm, I'm not successful. Yeah. Let's be honest. If you don't look up and go, oh, that building wasn't there, and now it's there because Sheetal had something to do with it, I'm not successful. Well, Sheetal, thank you so much for coming in today. Um, it's been great to speak to you, and I, I look forward to uh, seeing the skyline change. Let's do it. That was Sheetal Jaitley, founder and CEO of Tribal Scale. That's it for this week. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening app. And leave us a review. This episode was produced by Ali Janes and Laura Howells. I'm Noel Halsman, and I'll see you next week.